shooter. School me to the game, now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, spin no dough on the booty. And I'm yell, there go mace, there go your cutie. Dude, this, I'm eating a hot dog right now and it's absolutely delicious. P.S. I hit record. Um, okay. Okay, risks. You want to talk about risk taking? Do you have a, a, yeah. a thought on it? Lay it down. Well, I'll tell you. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I, uh, this is, uh, something that's been actually, I've been thinking about for a little while now. I'd like to, you know, it's funny how growing up, I thought, Oh yeah, I'm not worried about taking risks. I'll do this, I'll do that. And in some ways, I am a risk taker. Like I'm not afraid for for a lot of travel things and blah 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 blah. But as I've you know gotten a job, decided how to invest money, and and looked at stuff in that regard, I am not. I'm a very conservative person. I'm afraid of a lot of risks, particularly in when it comes to finances and it's something that frustrates me because it's like i mean at a very simple level you got to risk it to get the biscuit do you know what i mean and it's like you can't i don't know i admire people who we often talk about entrepreneurs people who shoot their shot you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um but i admire that you know and i never you know i just always admired it and it's probably because it's like it's something that it turns out maybe the first step is admitting it is not come naturally as naturally as i'd like it to for me you know i'm not saying being dumb and just being like well take a risk and let's go for it because that's just not me but i am saying like you know being like well i don't 100 percent know how this is going to turn out but let's go for it and let's you know let's actually do it you know what i mean yeah absolutely you know i think so much of that though comes down to like feeling like you have a responsibility to yourself and probably to others, especially because you're a married guy. So it's like, yeah, you know, not only that, but you have a responsibility to your wife. But then it's like you guys own a house, so you have a responsibility to your mortgage. You have a responsibility to, you know, car payments maybe or you know whatever else, right? Like you have financial responsibility. So it's like it's not as easy just to jump into risky situations. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> um, especially when no, it it's... when it includes finance. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It is tougher for sure, but people do it all the time. You know, it's funny. I was having this chat with a buddy of mine the other day, and he called me out pretty good. I was like, you know, man, I was exactly what I said to you. I am. I feel like you know. I look at my the way I do things, and I'm a pretty conservative type person. He's like, yeah, you are 100. percent And I was like, ah, <laughs> it's easier when I say it. That he was like, yo, he's a smart guy. He was like, yo, stupider people than us take risks and succeed all the time. <laughs> and but, it's like, that's not the best way to think about it. But it is like, you know, you don't have to be, you know, make something happen. You know what I mean? Maddie, you're, uh, I can't hear you anymore. Sorry, you just froze that whole time. You said you don't have to be Mark Zuckerberg, I assume. Yeah, to take a risk and, and be successful, you know? Yeah. You know what? You're very right. But it's like you have to also think about when Mark Zuckerberg made his fortunes. He was in college at a very prestigious yeah, university. He, this place, fancy yeah, place he's called very, Harvard. That's what I'm saying. He's a very smart guy. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to be that smart. No, for <laughs> sure. 
But I think the other part you have to consider when you look at a guy like Mark Zuckerberg or a lot of these, even take any of these rich guys from tech, when did they start these businesses? When they were super young, Tarek. They were in like their early 20s for the most part. Just full of, you know, piss and vinegar, as the saying goes. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they they had no they had no fear because life hadn't really started for them yet. That's true. They didn't have as much to lose. So they, they didn't have that they much had going on. Nothing to lose. Do you think about okay, take Mark Zuckerberg for a great example of this. Yeah. That guy was in uh, again, he was at Harvard. So it's like, okay, Facebook doesn't work out. Oh well, I guess I have to get this super fancy education and then get a normal executive job like everyone else who probably graduates from Harvard. That's true. Not a big it's deal. True. It it really doesn't affect him. Now I'm not saying that that's you know Mark Zuckerberg is was that way or had that attitude or anything. Like that, but the reality is is that it's the stakes are lower. The stakes higher. are lower. But the stakes are so low. Even a guy who yeah. um, a great example is. Who was it? Was it Jim Carrey? I think Jim Carrey was like, he was like living out of his car and was a janitor uh, before he got his big break in comedy. And it's like, okay, that guy had nothing to lose. That guy was, you're you're just, I mean, he's probably redefining rock bottom on a daily basis before finally taking off, right? For you to take risk in your current situation right now is a terrifying situation. If 10 years ago you decided you want to take one of these risks, that's understandable. It's not the same when you have the responsibilities that you have. And it's not to say that you can't take risk. It's more just the fact that you have to calculate it a little more wise because if you take that risk and, yes, you fail, there are larger consequences. Consequences. And and, and it's I- like, for instance, look at our podcast, right? Okay, we've been going for three years. If tomorrow you said, dude, I'm so passionate about this podcast, I think we should both quit our jobs and do full-time podcast work where all day we work on getting guests, finding sponsors, exactly. We start developing it so that we get more listeners. We start working on our our social media and our branding and and you know influence and all those sorts of things. I'd be like, gosh, Derek, I mean, I got bills to pay every month. Um, I've got, you know, an education that I'm working on. I've got an employer that I'll have to quit from. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that if this doesn't go our way, it's going to set me back. Yeah. And the reality is, is, you know what? We could take that risk and guess what? The chances are probably less than likely that we take off and we're the next Joe Rogan. But there is that possibility that people hear our our voices and they're like, well, man, I can't get enough of these guys. And, and there's the possibility. I mean, being the next Joe Rogan is obviously the goal. But then there's possibility I mean, I'm just that using we the end extremes. up. No, I'm with you, though. But that's that's maybe some of the things like, you know, there's a possibility we end up somewhere in the middle where, we, you know, we podcast we make a decent wage. We're not getting rich. But, hey, we're doing something we love all day, all the time. Do you know what Absolutely. I mean? It's kind of like that's the reality on the ground. It was funny. I listened to an NPR podcast once about when do most startups like when in in life do most people start their startups when do people come up with ideas and 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 do this and it actually frequently happens later in life later in career so late 30s early 40s is when a lot of companies are starting up and you just don't hear about it as much because it's not as compelling a story as the kid who does it right um and even in the tech world that's where a lot of the 
the money is and, the, and they're more successful because obviously they're a little bit older and they're a little bit wiser in terms of and they thought about it and they maybe have more more to lose and so yeah. generally I mean, they they do work better so that was encouraging to hear that statistic well i remember too because i remember it vividly because the host was all like oh please tell me this age isn't past me already yet <laughs> <laughs> well look at but yeah a, a great example is colonel sanders the guy who created Kentucky Fried Chicken. That guy was a great like an example his... from like a hundred years ago. <laughs> no, no, no. But that guy was like in his sixties and had been turned down literally over a thousand times. Yeah. For his recipe. And There's then he had an incredibly like fast expansion. And then was worth millions of dollars. And it's like, you know, he was like I said, in his sixties. So my thought is, Tarek. If we keep on with the podcast for at least 30 more years, we might make maybe, it big. Maybe we finally break through. Our Colonel Sanders moment. <laughs> that's exactly it. No, I'm with you. I mean, and that's the thing. I'm not saying, you know, and it's just like not in my character, though. But it's like I'm not going to obviously leave for a dumb risk. But it's like, it, you know, you want to shoot your shot. You want to, I don't know, I don't want to, you know, and it's like, I just want to make sure I'm taking some risks. You know, calculated and would hate to just do the easy thing because I'm afraid. That's the big, big thing, too. I don't want to do like if this is what I want to do and that's it. Great. No problems there. But as long as it wasn't because I was afraid of doing something else. You know what I mean? You know what? And here's the biggest thing. I think of so many people who actually follow their passions and I'm so jealous of them. Like take, for instance, even your brother. Yep. He is following down a path that very few make it as. And acting, and he loves it. And, and he loves, loves it. it, and he's My probably an actor. He's probably listening it. or living paycheck to paycheck, job to job, hoping like hell that the light. Well, maybe he's not quite to the extreme of hoping like hell that the lights stay on or anything yep. like that. But the fact is, is he's not getting, you know, super ahead. He's not making millions of dollars, uh, or even probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. But the fact is, is that like he's pursuing something that he truly loves absolutely and And he's making money at it and he's taking a significant risk because there are a million you know young actors who all probably want you know those opportunities yeah and so it's like you know what but he's just going with it going you know what i'm gonna work hard to be undeniable to the you know to the producers or the you know, casting directors or whoever, so that they want me over these other people. And he believes in himself. That's yeah. a huge part of it. It's, I think you have to really deep down ask yourself, do you actually believe in yourself? It's one thing to say yeah. that you do. It's another thing to actually believe in yourself. To actually do it and to have and that confidence. Here's the yeah. other part. And I, I really encourage people to consider this as well. When you were growing up, Tarek, did your mm. parents and maybe aunts and uncles or people of influence in your life say that you could be whatever you want to be. Oh yeah. Exactly. And people tell you to follow your passions. My dad used to tell me, you know, uh, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life, you know, those sorts of things. Um, and I think to myself, I, if I ever have children, which who knows if that'll ever happen, but, if there are ever people who look to me as an influence or a role model, let's put it that way. If I never follow my passions, if I never chase after those things that I just so badly want to pursue, 
then I'm a liar if I tell them to do the same. Hey, that's fair. Because guess what? I never chased my passions. How can I tell you to go chase yours because I was too scared to pull the trigger? Do you want to be that dad who says, listen, I was too scared to take a risk. I was too afraid to take the chance and fail or and succeed because I was too afraid of the failure that was a possibility as well. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, there's, you know, there's, that's a good point, you know, like, how do you do it for your hypothetical kids? (laughs) Oh, man, it's tough, man. That would be, that would be no different than like a, an overweight guy trying to encourage you to get to the gym. (laughs) It's like, bro, you're not going to the gym. Why are you telling me to go to the gym? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Like a like a like a warning though. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> yeah, with you. True. And it's one of those things that's tough, you know, cuz it's not like, you know, oftentimes with the arts people are like, "Oh my goodness, I love this. This is my passion. I would just it just brings me so much joy." And it's like I think for most people, myself included, it's like, well, I I really like what I do for my day to day, but it's like there's no one other thing that I would be like, "You know what? I want to do that every day for the rest of my life because it's like nothing's I like a lot of different things, but nothing so much that that's all I, that's what I want to do for my nine to five. Do you know what I mean? And so it's like, it's it's almost from a more academic or, you know, like general business minded perspective where I want to be passionate about it. But it's like, you know, I feel like with the arts, people get to a next level with that passion. It's like they're this all consuming passion. And it's not that it won't be that for me for a particular project, but I think I, I think you know what I mean, right? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And so it's it's tough. It's interesting, though. I was talking to a client a couple weeks ago about uh, a potential expansion. You know, it's long off in the future. not thinking about it. And they're like, well, we have to buy this piece of equipment to do it and have a place to put that piece of equipment. It's a big piece of equipment. We can't keep it outside. And they were like, well, we'll have to buy a building to do that. And that'll be like 1.2 million bucks and blah, 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 blah. And that means we have to sell this much stuff to just make that loan payment. And I was like, well, why don't you just lease a space? So that, you know, you have this, it's, you know, like, you can give it a shot for a couple of years. If it doesn't work out, you're not on the hook, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like that's a reasonable solution. He's like, no, no, no. And this is an entrepreneur. He's like, I don't do things that way. If I'm going to do this, I'm buying a building. I'm putting that equipment in so that I don't have an extra exit plan. I don't have this, like, well, maybe I won't worry about this now. Maybe I'll sell my equipment. It's like, no, I have a $1.2 million loan. And another couple hundred grand for this equipment. I got to make it happen. And I was like, Dude. <laughs> cut the tree off behind you. And I'm like, I can appreciate that. It's like, if you're going to take a step and do something, do it. Don't just dip your toe in. You know That's what I mean? Just, you know what? Here's the other thing <laughs> that I've learned enough from entertainers and especially people from the arts is they will always say, and especially athletes as well, they will always say the only way you succeed and and rise to the top is by never having a backup plan. Yeah, that's by, so that's what I hear so much. By being much. all in on whatever you're in on and just believing in yourself, T. So here's my thought. Tomorrow morning, we both quit our jobs. <laughs> we ramp this up to daily I don't thing. like where this is We're going We're doing now. seven <laughs> podcasts a week, all right? Wow. Dude, we are hitting it every day of the week, even weekends. We're getting it in. We're getting in reps. I don't know what we're going to – we're going to have to probably reshape things a little bit as to what we talk about. 
because I just don't know if there's enough to discuss in the world of finance every day unless we're reading the bloody newspaper to people. Yeah, we're just doing like stock tips and but you know, like what you think about the markets I'm today. Thinking we'll just flood people's social media. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll get into branding. I mean, we could get some talk to me t shirts, talk to me coffee mugs, uh whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. We'll get a we'll get a Patreon page. I don't know if you've ever heard of those. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We'll, people we'll pay like, to actually. We'll do the video us. That feed. Seems like a stretch. There we'll you do go. the we'll video the feed, going. and you have to pay to watch the video. Oh man! Like a dollar, like a dollar per episode or something, maybe. <laughs> like five dollars a month, maybe. I don't know. There but you here's go. my point: there you go. Is subscriptions. Everybody's about like, subscriptions now. I think that's the only way you do it, and it's scary. But it's like. And that's just it, you know. Like you gotta. Then you can say if but it doesn't work do out, it, there's no question. I gave it a shot. I put it all in there, and it didn't work out. And you can be comfortable with that. I think. You, you can, know, sure it sucks. You can Maybe you've lost that, some money. I guarantee you can live with that result rather than 20 years down the road, looking back, going a bunch of things. Not only yeah. that, but looking back and going, "Gosh, I I never did this. I never pulled the trigger on it." And sitting mm-hmm. there and wondering, sitting on the on the rocking chair on the front porch, going, I should have, I should have done it, and I just didn't. And it's like, do you want to live with that regret? Because people say don't live with regrets, but it's like, right? I never have regrets or whatever. But it's like you do have regrets. At the end of your life, there will always be a regret or two. And it's like, yeah. Do you do you want those? No. Yeah. But oh. at the same time, well, I, mean, I, I can only talk so much trash because I'm in the same boat where it's like, <laughs> there yeah, are we're things... both in conservative type. We're both in very conservative oh. jobs. And man, there's so many things that I just want to take the risk on. Well, I mean, heck, moving jobs, changing jobs, that was a big risk for me. I was super nervous about moving. Absolutely. Taking on a new job, especially from somewhere where I don't know a single soul in this town outside of the people I work with. But it's yeah. like, all right, well, let's just let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And it and it's worked out really well. It was a good risk take. Yeah, I'm with you. And I mean, sometimes I think even just going through that process, I often say this, but taking a risk or making a change just for the sake of doing it, you know, just because you had to push yourself for no other reason. You know, it's like, well, why did you make that change? No reason. I just felt like it was time to make the change. And I think that's valuable. Um I think the tough thing is, too, though, as much as you're right, you don't want to be in that rocking chair thinking, man, I wish I would have. I think that what makes it really tough is knowing that, you know, you could be in that rocking chair and and you could think about like, well, I could have done this, but it's not a big deal because you did fine. Do you know what I mean? Because that's, I feel like, the issue, the situation you and yeah. I are in, if I'm being honest. It's not going to be a huge deal. It maybe be the difference between like, you know, being in a base, you know, the nine to five regular, but you do well, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And, and something greater than, but it's like, you'll be fine. It's not going to yeah. be a lot. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that's the tough part. It's like, it's not like between, you know, it's, it's, it's Here's like, the I will thing. be completely happy. I yeah. just need to find that risk that I'm willing to take. That's going to get exactly. the Rolls Royce in my garage. That's what I'm talking about. Right? That's the difference between doing just fine perfectly happy upper canadian middle class or the rolls royce in the driveway dude no 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 time out time out rolls royce doesn't bake in the sun Tarek. 
it stays covered. It's out there to pick times. you up. It's out there to pick you up. Right oh, I got it's a driver like, too. That's right. That's right. Because let's be real. But you don't drive a Rolls Royce. Here's the thing, You're man. If I was Rolls ever, Royce. if I was ever that rich, and someone, and I went to the Rolls Royce dealership, I would literally just say, "Hang on, just open the back door. I just need to know how the back seat fits." Well, yeah. You know, There's I don't need. That. I don't care about the front seats. I just want the back seat. <laughs> I just oh, need absolutely. to know that I'm going to be comfortable back here when I get driven around. I'm with you, buddy. Uh, but that is just the thing. Figuring out where you want to take that risk. And, and so I've been thinking about it lately. Maybe there's some risks I'll take. Who knows? Who knows yeah. what that looks like. But And it's and it's know? easy for me to like try and hype people up if you're listening to this. And I'm trying to talk you into taking a risk. But the reality is I'm not a risk taker. And I, sometimes I kind of wish that I was because I see friends of mine who take these risks on – whether it's their career path or whatever, and it's just worked out really well for them. And it's like, Mm -hmm. gosh, like, it's such a shaky career. Take, for instance, you know, a mutual friend of ours who uh, is a door-to-door salesman, you know, and and does quite well at it. Yep, he's a very good salesman. But it's, it's an industry where it's like, you could also do really bad at it. You sell, or you, you sell to eat, really, is what it is, right? And so... And, I mean, sales is one of the last jobs where it's like, you know, pharmaceutical sales or sales in general where yeah. you can make really good money without, you know what I mean? Yeah. By and just yet, being a good salesman. And and that's the thing, right? It's like, for me, I don't think I have it in me to sell people on something and basically not take no for an answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then there are people like this friend of ours who I guarantee probably has that mentality of I am not leaving without a sale to every single location he goes to because he knows what his time is worth right and it's like that's exactly it in a house where i don't make a sale it's not worth it yeah that's exactly and it's like i respect that so much yet it's such a career where it's like it's super kind of shaky like there's no there's no corporate gig for that so that if if that falls through then what's he going to do if say like a huge recession hits and people just close up their doors to any salesman coming down the road you know, you got to just, you got to think on your feet. It's no different than your brother who it's like, if, you know, acting were to dry up, for instance, in the city he lives in, it's like, what's he going to do? He's either forced to move well, or find another yeah. career. Well, I mean, he already travels across Canada for work. That's and true. So that's just part of the gig. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Maybe that's a bad we'd example. We'd love to hear. No, no, no. But I mean, like listeners, we'd love to hear about, uh, risks you've taken what's your thoughts on taking risks and how valuable it is you know and that's the thing i think oftentimes this discussion is so mired in these extremes like we talk about the huge successes or the huge failures or the the huge you know i don't know you know and it's like i just wanted i feel like there's just this middle ground where most people actually live that doesn't get talked about where it's it's like reasonable risks with reasonable rewards and you know what i mean it might be just a small step in you like applying yeah. for a job that you really think would be fun you totally know, in, in your current office or something like that right it's like those yeah. little risks or maybe it's like you took the risk of of leasing a, a new vehicle or or um you know just putting yourself ahead in, in some little way you took the risk of, of starting a home business or getting part of one of our lovely yeah. uh what are they called I don't want to call it a pyramid scheme because I feel like it's insulting to all people involved. Marketing, in the- multi-level marketing. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you get involved in multi-level one of those and you're like, thing. this is a little risky. Like, this is going to either consume yeah. a lot of my team or not, my time or not, right? Or you, or you know what we'd love to hear from you. If you're at that stage where you're like, you know what, I'm quitting my job. I don't have another source of income with my side gig. 
but I'm quitting, quitting to make a real go of it in my side gig, you know, and it's like, ah, oh, I would love to hear about that. Cause that's, that's really, you know, I don't know. Cause it'd be perfect if, Oh, I could build my side gig up to the point where I don't need to, I can feel good about quitting. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, that's absolutely, you know, you're never that focused. You always have one foot where you could, you could leave if you need to. And it's like, that's not how you get there. hundred percent. You know, so hundred percent. Yeah. No different than, you know, yourself. If you ever wanted to like get in, into investment work, like full time, and be that's like, what I'm considering. But like, if you were to be like a big shot in investment, it's like Tarek, are you willing to make the the move to downtown Toronto? Yeah, you know that that would be monumental risk. We're talking big time risk. Yeah, but it's like, what what do you think? would be the factors in you ever making that decision and actually pulling the trigger on it. Oh, that's a real question? Yeah, that's a real question. What if well, if you were full-time in investing and you were like, you know what? The only way I'm going to get to the top is to be in the epicenter of it. So I got to move to downtown Toronto. I got to get some sort of office space. I got to live over there. I got to bring my wife away from Alberta, the only province she's bloody well known. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go and live somewhere that's totally foreign to us. And we're going to, we're going to take a, take a run at this. Yeah. I mean, that's the tough question. Uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's tough to answer honestly, because it's like the way I want to do things. I don't know if I would ever need to be in downtown Toronto, but if that was the case, it would be really nice to be in a position where it's like, okay, I've got, a decent base behind me. I'm not just showing up, knocking on doors and hoping for the best. It's like, no, we've got a decent amount of money we're managing and we're just looking for an edge and we're just looking. That's where I would like to be. If that was the option that was next, it's not like, I don't know. You know what I mean? And so Tarek, I need you to be the wolf of wall street or the wolf of like young street <laughs> or whatever it is in Toronto. Bay street, Bay street. But, so that I can be the Jonah Hill to your Leo. All right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, I don't know. I want to be able to take those risks on, on something, on different things, and cut that branch off behind so you actually take the risk and you actually give it the 100% effort. But it's like when and and how. And you want to be, I mean, let's be real. If you and I, like for example, if we quit our jobs and try to do the podcast full time, would we have 40 hours even a week of work to do for Absolutely. the first little bit? I don't think here's so, the, man. Here's the thing. The first week, I guarantee it because guess what? I'd have to move to Medicine Hat. Okay. I'd, well, let's not I'd be the, moving I'm into the, the basement of your house. <laughs> I'm at work on the then, podcast. And then, surprise, Brittany, I'm moving in. And then the reality is it's like, yeah, gosh. I mean, here's the thing. Okay. So, like I said, say we record five days a week because, I mean, if we're doing this full time. Okay. We yeah, be- if we're recording okay. five days a week, so, maybe. So time out, okay? So then we got an hour and a half a day. So that equals what? Six, seven and a half hours, okay? Then it's like we got to put in some serious branding and marketing time. So then we're going to be meeting with one another and possibly maybe some friends will do it for free to discuss ways that we can expand it. I think for probably the first week or two, we could try and be full-time. After that... I think it's going to be a lot of us sitting around waiting That's for results. That's what I'm saying, right? It's like I yeah. want to get I, – I would actually – I think I would be more okay to quit if I actually had a full-time job worth of other stuff I could do. But it's like, okay, if I quit and I'm like twiddling my thumbs, right? 
I'm just like, what did you know what I mean? That's the tough part. Maybe you get a part time job that's just a garbage job. I don't know, but you know what? But here's the thing: you got to find a part time job that's still like enjoyable. You don't want to hate your part time job, you know? Well, no, but it is tough to go from like a full time job where it's it's pretty high skilled. You know, like you have to, they rely on you. They can't just yeah. replace you to a part-time job where it's like, yeah, you're just punching a clock because you're filling a couple hours a week here. Do you, you know, know what, what I mean? You know what? Like... <laughs> hey, here, let's, let's play this game real quick before we actually get into our topic for the week. If you had to have a part-time job, what would you go with? Honestly, I don't 100% know, but I really feel like it'd be nice if my part-time job was some sort of business developer for, for banking, for Gosh. even investment commercial banking, because it's like, then I'm just meeting with people, having lunches, talking about their businesses, it's kind of the fun stuff of my job. Jeez, that's <laughs> and then so when I get the, when I get the paperwork, good. when I get the stuff, it's like I send it back to the office and they're like, awesome. Thanks for your work, Eric. We will follow up and we'll make sure this gets done. And I'm like, great. Catch you, you guys later. You definitely thought about this way more than me. No, I'm just saying that's, you know, that's the first thing I thought about. Like, well, what could I take out of my job that I don't really like and if I could just do that? Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was going to say, my part-time job, back on the pro janitor circuit. You want a janitor? Dude, I loved being a janitor. I was only a janitor for like a month, but it was only in the evenings. So it was okay. like, in, in that sense, it's like, say you were investing in, like, you know, the the stock market's only open during the day. You know, it closes at what time? Three o'clock? Two o'clock? Well, here in Alberta. Two o'clock your time? So then it's like, you could start work at three and work till like six or nine. And it's like, you could just about get a full-time, you know, work day in Mm -hmm. before waking up the next day and doing it all over again. And there's just something about cleaning, you know? It's nice to go into a dirty place and clean it all up and make it just look sparkling again. Oh, good for you. That so, sounds awful. Uh, <laughs> that or like if there was a way to cut grass in the evenings. I like cutting grass, wow. you know? Do you know how to fan of cutting grass? Oh, I hate both those things. Oh, man. There's just... It's a it's soothing just, activity. And a lot of people like it. It's To be fair, that's, that's, that is uh, true. A lot of people love it. But it, to me, my mind wanders as soon as I'm doing dishes or cutting grass as to all the things I could be doing that would be productive. But it's probably wow. like if I wasn't cutting grass, I would just be watching TV if we're being real. But yeah. that's where my mind that's where my mind goes. Oh, like, oh man. man, why am I cutting grass? I could be doing this thing and that thing. And then when I'm not cutting grass, I just watch TV. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. There's just uh grass grass cutting's a nice soothing activity. Oh, good for you. I'm oh, sorry. There you go. Those there you are, go. Landscape landscape in the summer, janitorial work in the winter. Yeah, darn rights, man. See? <laughs> as soon as we decide to go go big with the podcast, that's that's gonna be my new career. There you go. Uh, all right, T. Should we dive in? Give these people something to talk yeah, about. Yeah, you know we don't really have a lot enjoyed of time that topic. That was good. I think we'll get some interesting responses on some risk from some risk yeah. takers this week. Here's but... the thing, too. If you are actually about to quit your job and pursue your passions, like something very serious that you're just like, this is what I'm doing, or just recently quit to do that, hit us up. I'm gonna have you on the podcast. I want to pick your brain on it a little bit. Absolutely, we That's would love to hear it, and we'd love to keep track of your progress. Yeah, that's exactly it. If you're a fan of the show, we're a fan of you for for pursuing <laughs> your dreams. You so, go. uh, yeah, let us know, and and we'd be more than happy to to discuss these sorts of things with you. 
Um, but yeah, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's uh, okay. let's continue on with our our what can the bank do for you series. That's what I'd like to maybe call it. <laughs> so that's what you want to call it. That bank's got a bad rap. Well, you know what? I like the bank, and this is the thing, folks. If you haven't, if you if this is your first time listening or you haven't heard some of our previous episodes, we've been kind of going through some of the services that banks offer, um, and just basically breaking down how the bank can kind of work for you in a sense. Um, now. This isn't necessarily a bank working for you subject, but it is some tips that we want to give you guys when it comes to your personal finance, uh, especially when it comes to, you know, the dreaded credit cards, uh, interest that comes with those things. Because if you didn't know, credit cards have incredibly high interest rates uh, and other forms of borrowing that a lot of people, you know, maybe don't take advantage of, such as, you know, small time or, or low interest loans from from banks, I don't know if those really exist. Low interest. I'm just more saying, like, just a typical loan from a bank for like maybe a car sort of thing, as well as lines of credit. That I didn't even really understand what a line of credit was when I first got it. I just mm-hmm. had this like extra cash all of a sudden that I could take out if I wanted, and I use it. I've used it a few times since having it. Um, but uh, yeah, let's Tarek, let's dive into these and and maybe discuss a little bit about. Um, you know, even let's let's start with credit cards. Okay, let's do it. Let's dive into it. Um, you know, for our listeners, it's something I kind of deal with every day for for a commercial entity, but uh, it's still very applicable on a personal basis. So, credit cards. I know this isn't always how it works out, but credit cards are designed and built to be used as short-term um, purchasing vehicles. They are not meant to be uh, a source of credit, a source of borrowing. You shouldn't, um, you know. So the way a credit card works, for example, you have a $10,000 limit. If you go to Superstore and you buy $10,000 worth of groceries and you pay it off in 30 days, you don't pay any interest. There is no interest charged if you pay off your credit card within, you know, just generally 30 days after your um, statement gets issued. So it's, it's a little bit more than a 30-day payment cycle. But, you know, that's the idea. Um, and that's exactly why how credit cards were initially created. And that's how they're designed to be, you know, like a quote unquote a charge card where it's paid off in its entirety every month. And I would recommend to all our listeners, definitely always pay off your credit card every month. For the most part, credit card interest rates are at 19%, 20% for that reason, because they're meant to be uh, paid off every month. They're not meant to hold a balance and it's supposed to be a deterrent from that. So the idea is, and the way in a perfect world you would use your credit card is to to get points on your everyday purchases and to make it a little more convenient so you're able to make purchases over the phone or online um with a credit card versus you know you're seeing a check or cash where you can only really do that in person right and so uh for example Brittany and i have a travel card that we really value and and so that travel card we use it for literally everything every year we're able to take you know between 800 and a thousand dollars in points that we've earned and put it towards a trip somewhere and because it's a travel card it has um insurances so trip insurance or trip interruption insurance so if something happens and we have to come back home early trip cancellation insurance if something happens at home and we can't go if we lose our luggage blah, blah 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 it's all included and we pay an annual fee for that and we make it worth by making sure we use that card for everything Right. And so that is really the purest way that a card should be used. It should never 
carry a balance month to month. Now, in reality, most people do, and that's okay. We, you're not trying to, we're not trying to shame anyone. That's the reality that you're in. That's the situation that you're in. What I would say in that situation, most financial institutions, if not all financial institutions, have a low rate card option. It may be paid. It may have to pay an annual fee. If you've got a decent enough balance on there, I would say see, excuse me, if that's an option for you to switch your card product from whatever you're at right now to a low rate option. Definitely the better option for you if you're carrying a balance month to month. Um, and then the other option is, and this takes us to the next product you want to talk about, is the line of credit. Is moving that balance to a line of credit. Um, so a line of credit. Do you have any thoughts on credit cards, Maddie? Um, yeah, I think, you know, my parents always taught us, or taught me at least, because my brother sure as heck didn't listen to this advice, uh, that as soon as you start racking up charges on that thing, make sure you have the money to pay it off. Now, obviously, that's not always the case, because, you know, sometimes you have to put something on a credit card that you just don't have the money for. Yeah. Um, that's kind of why it exists. It's, a, it's in a sense, a line of credit for you. Um, but yeah, you want to talk about a world of hurt. Go and rack up a credit card and don't pay it off. Like, that is just misery, you know, to, like it's hard on to top pay of, oh really my gosh is. especially if you get too deep and because trust me banks are really nice so if you keep using that credit card they're gonna go hey man i notice you max out that 500 dollars you started with do you want to bump it up to two grand and you go oh well thanks man that's awfully generous of you and they just yeah. see dollar signs in their eyes right because yeah. after you start racking up that two grand and paying it off then they go you know what it looks like maybe we didn't give you enough. So how about we just bump it up to five and then 10 and, you know, whatever else. And it's like, you may feel like a big shot because you have this huge credit card balance, but it's like, if you let it get away from you, it you're in for a world of hurt. Yeah. And so, you know, those are the things to keep in mind. But at the same time, I use my credit card for everything, not just for the points factor. I mean, that is definitely a huge, huge help, but it's also like, I don't know. It, it's a convenient card that works just about everywhere except for Costco. Um, um, MasterCard? Yeah. and It's a Visa? It's a Visa, yeah. And so it's like, not that, you know, everyone does take debit as well, typically. But the way that I have my banking set up, you know, I've got money moved around here, there, and everywhere. So there's no guarantee that there's always going to be sufficient funds in uh, the account that's attached to my debit card. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, that that credit card becomes, you know, in a sense, uh, a great way to, you know, be able to pay for purchases, especially when it comes to online shopping, things like that, right? As you as you mentioned, but definitely be wary of what can happen if you start racking up too much of a bill uh, on your credit cards. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a big proponent of uh, personal responsibility and personal discipline. Um, so a lot of people will say, you know what? Credit cards aren't worth the trouble. Get rid of them. It's uh, dangerous. What are you going to get into debt for a couple points? Blah, 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 blah. And that is true. If you don't have the personal discipline or the responsibility capable of, of managing a credit card, that's fine. If that's the case, do that. But that is not the goal we strive for, the goal we strive for is one of personal discipline and personal responsibility to manage that debt well. You know what I mean? Not not of fear, but this is a tool that you use. You know, so it's like, like I said, eight, $800 to $1,000 a year 
and money back in Brittany and I's pocket to buy what crap we would have bought anyways. So definitely worth it in that way. Um, if we switch to the line of credit. So this is a popular product. It's actually, you know, relatively new. I, I shouldn't say that because I'm not 100% sure. I'm pretty sure it's relatively new in its popularity in the last 20 years or so um, is the line of credit. And so I think previously we talked about home equity lines of credit. And so that's just a line of credit that's secured by your home. That's the collateral behind it. But they have lines of credit uh, that are unsecured by anything. You know, it's just here's, here's you know, $20,000 in, in a line of credit. And so the way it's hard to describe that because it it's really operates very similarly to a credit card. This line of credit, it's just generally speaking, it's not as easy to access. So some banks, I know uh, I have a line of credit with Scotiabank right now, actually, and they give me a Scotia line of credit Visa card, right? So I don't earn points on it, but it gives me easy access to the line of credit. I can use that at point of sale machine online, whatever I want, but you don't get any points or any anything like that. Um, but, it, you know, basically it used to be you have to go to your bank or online banking. You move funds from your line of credit to your checking account. And it's kind of like a loan. So you're borrowing that money, but you don't have to make regular loan payments where you pay the principal and the interest. They'll just charge you the interest every month. And so we oftentimes call it the never, never plan. So I can take $10,000 out of my line of credit and all my bank will require is that I cover the interest every month, which could be, you know, maybe just 30, 40 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever. It's probably more than that, but you know what I'm trying to say, and and then that's it, and I never actually pay down that principal that I've borrowed, right? And so that's why it's also a product that can be very easy to abuse and very easy to get yourself in trouble with, but it provides quite a bit of flexibility. So in its purest form, the line of credit, and particularly in a commercial or a business sense, is to, is to manage uh, a payment cycle. Um, and, and you can think about this in, in regards to your basic retail store. So I, retail store owner, have to put stock on my shelves. So I have to go out and buy inventory. Let's say I have to buy 100 grand worth of inventory, put it on my shelf, and then spend the time selling it. And so that might take 30 days later. And so that line of credit is meant to cover that 30-day gap where I'm laying out cash for my inventory and I'm not getting paid for that inventory. Right. And so that's the way it's it's been designed. That's the way it's supposed to operate. And that's kind of how it's supposed to probably have started for businesses where or not businesses for personal use, where, you know, you've got expenses. The timing's a little weird and, you know, it just covers you while while the money comes in. You know what I mean? And so. But honestly, it's just a very convenient way of, of doing things. Right. Because it gives you that flexibility to to only pay interest when you don't have the cash. Absolutely. That's a that's a huge part of it. And the other part too is, you know, interest rates are far more favorable. Yes. Um on a line of credit compared to a credit card. It's much more favorable interest rate. It's typically, you know, prime plus, you know, a few percent uh if that. And so depending on depending on what your credit's like with the bank, they usually, you know, give you a bit more of a break if you're if you're good for paying back your credit, those sorts of things. Uh, they might ramp it up a little bit to te- to start just because they maybe don't trust you right away. Um, but you got to build that favor with your bank, right? But, uh, yep. you know, I think we got to wrap things up here pretty soon, Tarek. I know you got places to be tonight, and I apologize for being so late to this. That's all right. Um, but maybe we'll get, to, we'll get to loans another night. 
Okay, you know. But yeah, that's credit cards and lines of credit. Remember, if you have a balance on your credit card, move it to your line of credit at the end of the month. If you can't pay it off in full and start working towards paying it off in full. And that's the, that's the reality. Would you rather pay 20% interest or maybe like 5 or 6? Six. Six. Yeah. You know? Like, you're an idiot if you're saying 20 and lose our lose my number, all right? <laughs> if you're that person, you're dumb. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, we'll talk to you guys later. Catch you guys later. Show me to the game. Now I know my duty. Stay humble, stay low, blow like hootie. True pimp, finna dough on the booty. And I'm yelled, there go mace, there go your cutie.